Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 115 of Not A Robot Podcast's DC Comics Review Show. As always, I have my amazing co-host joining me today, Rob. Bonjour, mes amis. Comment ça va? Aujourd'hui. Yes. Parlez-vous Francois. That's about all the French I know. Oh, <laughs> very impressive, though. Uh, and Josh. Zundheit. <laughs> I don't know any German, so I can't. I can't. Uh, I can't do anything there. Uh, hast. Yes. Hast bitch. <laughs> Today in the show. Love song ever. Oh God. Yeah. Uh, today in the show we'll be covering this week's books from DC, and we hope you enjoy it. Make sure you stick around until the end of this episode to hear our top three books of the week, the biggest stinker, and to find out which titles might just make the dump list. Now, if you'd like to support us further, please visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash podcast for either a one-time donation or subscription for access to our Discord, as well as other exclusive content available on the network. But with that out of the way, let's get into the news for this week, starting with personal stuff, updates, all that. What's, uh, what's going on with you guys? Uh, not a whole lot here. Not a whole lot here. Uh, I was telling Brandon before we started recording. Um, my uh, my wife Holly, she uh, she got a couple of her friends together and made the house completely wheelchair accessible. So now I can get everywhere but upstairs. <laughs> yes, and if you if you the listeners could see Josh's setup, he looks very much like Oracle. He has like screens all around him. Oh, yeah. Looks very cool. Yeah. I even got one you can't see. Yeah, no, it's 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 very it's very uh very oracle like. Um, as for me, um, nothing uh, nothing too major here. Um, I'm gearing up for a very long drive tomorrow, headed into the big scary city of New York um, for a three day bonanza called New York Comic Con, which should be a lot of fun. Um, already set down all the panels that I'm I'm going to, and it, it should be a really good do. Um, but I, I guess that'll be a good segue into some news that um, I hadn't really planned on talking about. But, um, of course, DC puts out their announcements like fools. Um, so now I kind of have to. Um, so uh, they, they had recently announced uh, some of their panel scheduling for New York Comic Con. Um, and a couple of them are obviously going to be talking about new books for this year. Um, but on one of the teasers for their panels on Saturday, they have this artistic piece from Dan Mora of the Superman family because there is a Superman panel on Saturday. Um, and that piece from Dan Mora, and this is coming from Bleeding Cool, all very new, um, apparently has a bunch of new costumes, all very stylistically designed in the Superman theme um, for various members of the Superman family. So we see John, we see Kara, of course, Clark, Steel, Keenan Kong, uh, as well as Connor, um, and all are wearing very uh, biker-influenced um, Superman designs, redesigns, I should say. So whether or not that's going to lead to a complete you know, new design for the line moving forward after Action 1050, or you know, maybe not at all, maybe it's just the fun design they had for the announcement, who knows, but um, it seems like something may be in the works over the Superman panel. Oh, yeah, I see that. That artwork, that mm. looks interesting. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. John's I'm trying to find it. Mm. 
and I and I was trying to figure out. I, I'm pretty sure the the one to the right of Kara, um, or I guess from her perspective, it'd be to the left. But I'm pretty sure the one um, to the right of Kara, sandwiched between Kara and Keenan and Kong, is John. Um, yeah, that's but what I could I'm be thinking. wrong. Yeah, it could be you know maybe a new character because obviously the hairstyle is a bit different. Right, that's definitely Connor in the back with Natasha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that could be, but I don't know. I don't know that, that that'd be interesting if they didn't have John featured mm-hmm. in this. Yeah, but you're right. It does. It looks like a weird mix of John and Connor with mm-hmm. the shaved head on the side. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. I think I think the real sad thing here is that with all these fancy new redesigns, they didn't give one to Crypto, which is a real shame because I would have loved yeah. to have seen Crypto in a sick Superman jacket. That would be awesome. <laughs> oh, that'd be weird, actually. <laughs> I know. I, I know people. I, know. I know people like dress their dogs in costumes. So I'm. I'm saying. Yeah. I'm like. You know. Maybe. Maybe they could have given Crypto a little. A little something new. Yeah. So I maybe I'm not looking at the right picture, but the promo picture that I'm looking at is an advertisement for Comic Con for yeah. Saturday, October eighth. Yes. Got Bat Wheels, Star Labs, and Superman on there. Um, yeah. The only one I don't see on there is Clark. Well, Clark is in the front, I think. Just like I think, classic okay, you, Superman. You, you might be looking at a different one because yeah. when, when you say you see Bat Wheels and Star Labs, is that like the, the lineup panels? The lineup of panels? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, I see Natasha in the back. Yeah. I see Connor, Kara. I, I would ass- I'm going to assume that that's going to be John going forward. Yeah. yeah. And then Superman of China, and then in. Okay, I guess that's. I guess in the front that is. Uh, that'll be Clark, but he looks. Yeah, so yeah that's, young. that should be Clark. He yeah, does look really young. Yeah. So young. Yeah, I guess that's just a stylistic thing. It could be that's just the way Dan Moore has been drawing him in World's Finest. We just haven't yeah. noticed it compared to. The other members of the super family yeah i suppose you might be on to something there yeah but okay. you know, they could it could be total speculation i'm not really sure um but uh just I just like literally new outfits so yeah literally yeah. like just came out um and then um in the in the spirit of, of new york comic-con i promise i will i will stop talking about it when it is over um i will only talk about it in my mind um but and you're gonna uh, try and snag as many interviews as possible. I definitely will. I'm, I plan to take as many pictures as I can. Um, but uh, no, I was I was going to say um, for anyone who is in New York at that time and will be attending the show, um, I this has nothing to do with DC, but I thought it was funny and I shared it on our Discord yesterday. <laughs> but for those who are aware of the publisher um, clown show, I don't know exactly how to to. Uh, refer to them uh, but I guess publisher will do for now the publisher bad idea who I'm sure you've heard of in one way or another Um, if you will be attending the show um, bad idea announced that for 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 one measly hour um, you can come to their booth and pick up a picket sign that says stop bad idea and if you walk around with it for an hour and have a friend or someone uh, take a picture of you with that sign and return after an hour. You, uh, dear listener, can receive a free copy 
of one of their upcoming titles from Bad Idea Part 2. Um, I don't know what the purpose of this is, aside from just a ridiculous marketing stunt. Um, but if you want a free comic from Bad Idea and you don't mind waiting an hour, uh, pick up your picket sign and, I don't know, walk around with it, I guess. Although, again, in theory, really, what's to stop you from just taking a picture, waiting an hour, and then coming back and getting your free comic? Like, they didn't say you have to film yeah. yourself walking around with it. So, I don't know. It, it seems a little silly to me, but I figured I'd throw it out there for any of the listeners that may uh, happen to be in New York and want a, a laugh doing something silly like this. I yeah, would totally do it. It's, uh, it's a hell of a publicity stunt. <laughs> yeah. You got to hand it to them. They are, they are drumming up their own press. They're drumming up their own bad press. It's just it's a comedic... <laughs> I suppose so. It's yeah. a comedic launch, and, uh, you know, they really know what they're doing. I got to give them yeah. props. Mm-hmm. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> um, but that's all I got for this week. Um, personal news, like I said, I'll, you know, be in New York. But aside from that, nothing uh, nothing too significant in my neck of the woods. All right. I've got two pieces of comic book news, two people of comic artist news, and uh, some of it's sad. So hopefully Rob's got some news after me to make it make it a little bit better. Um, I'm going to give the sad stuff first, so maybe the other stuff I have is a little bit better too. But um, Carlos Pacheco, uh, he has drawn everything from Green Lantern to the Ultimate Adventures. Uh, he sh- he shared on Twitter. He shared his last um, illustration for comic books ever. It's the cover for Damage Control number two. Uh, not only is he an amazing artist, but I I, uh, I feel exceptionally bad about this one because it's uh, he's only bowing out because of his diagnosis of the neurodegenerative disease ALS. And that hit home because it's one of the things they're worried about with me. So my uh, my my thoughts go out to his his family and his uh, collaborators, coworkers, and anybody who knew him. Also, yeah. also who passed, um, Kim Kim Young Gee. Uh, he passed away at forty seven. I don't know if anybody is familiar with the Korean manga yes. company Tiger the Longtail. Um, yes, um, amazing, amazing work. Uh, live drawing gallery sessions. He, uh, he passed away at age 47, so again, condolences and heartfelt thoughts to his family and co-workers. Um, two, two, two amazing talents that are, are now gone. Um, yeah, real sad so about... Many. Oh, I was, I was just going to say, real sad about Carlos Pacheco. I think if, if anyone had been reading Aerosmith Behind Enemy Lines, which is the sequel to the first Aerosmith book that Kurt Busiek and Carlos Pacheco did, you kind of... You knew that some of this stuff was happening because he'd mentioned that Carlos had been having health issues for a while and particularly in working on that most recent Aerosmith series. It was just a real like labor of, of, of love, but also serious labor, um, considering it was him in the midst of, of you know, his, an ALS diagnosis and, and trying to finish this six issue series um, before, you know, before... Uh, before it became too late um so it was real real sad to hear about that um and as for kim um my my roommate was actually a bigger fan uh than i was but 
um, he had kind of, I, I reached out to him this morning. I was like, hey, man, I heard about this. It just really sucks, um, especially because he was en route to, well, strangely enough, to New York Comic Con um, like yeah. As, yeah. As, he, as he passed, um, which is even more tragic. So um, I, I know that uh, Olivia Capel talked about maybe leaving flowers. Olivia Capel is another artist, for those unfamiliar um, about leaving flowers on his on his table on the convention floor in Artist Alley. I think a lot of people are going to get behind that. And, um, I may may grab a bouquet while I'm in the city and just leave it there uh, just as a, as a kind of thank you. Because while I wasn't, you know, as big a fan as my roommate was, it's still pretty sad to hear. Um, and, uh, definitely want to, you know, honor him. Amazing artist, amazing talent, and amazing influence on a lot of those who came after him. Quite the rep to build up at age 47. Uh, So those are sad. Hopefully something with a little bit of good news is uh, I saw an interview with Greg Wiseman. And he made me happy. Um, In an interview with Adam Phillips, you... uh, on uh, Dynamite's YouTube channel, that's where I saw it at. Um, in addition to an upcoming comic book series, we will also be getting a fourth season of Gargoyles the Cartoon. Oh my god. Is this for real? This oh, is hundred percent really for real. Oh, We're man. going to get a fourth season of the cartoon plus a comic book series that he says he's had in his head for ten to twelve years now. Please, 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 please tell me they're getting Keith David to come back as Goliath. Please. Oh, <laughs> they man. have to. That, that would have be to. so awesome. Oh, man. That that and, like, SWAT Cats were, like, the two rerun shows that I have just burned into my memory that I would always <laughs> see when I went to visit my grandma as a kid. Um, and, and, yeah. I, I, I don't know if I ever actually finished the show. I just know, like... There was a certain point where I stopped seeing it, um, even though it was it had caught off the air at that point. But um, yeah, no, that's that's fun. Be nice to have more gargoyles in my life. Indeed, I mean, gargoyles, X Men the animated series, and Cyber Six easily the top three serious children's cartoons of the nineties. <laughs> Everyone oh, yeah. knows, and no one can really talk about. Oh, <laughs> but you know, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. And then uh, finally, the last piece of news that I've got, and, and um, I guess I, I'm going to follow this up with a question to see how you guys are. Um, but an article that was posted right before 3 p.m. today on Screen Rant called the Black Adam JSA books canonical. That I the, the, assume to the movie. Uh, to the DC universe. Uh, that can't be right. That's what I thought. Yeah. But someone, uh, apparently, someone fucked apparent, up. Uh, on, on Screen Rant, that's what they're saying. Well, so Screen Rant, as if, we know, is always reliable. <laughs> well, what was yeah. the headline again? Uh, oh, boy. I'd have to look up the headline itself. Let's see. Curious. <laughs> well, I see something that says DC officially confirms the JSA exists 
in the DCEU, but I don't no, see anything. There's a, there's a, there, there, there was one. Damn it, where was it at? It was all, it was on screen, right? Right, that's what I just said. Do do. Uh, yeah, two hours ago. Yeah. I see yeah. that same one you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. A can a canonical DC Comics prologue. Well, it says to the upcoming Black Adam movie, so I assume yeah. that means it's the comic is canonical to the movie, not to the actual DC Comics universe. Okay, it's just weird. All right. Well, that makes yeah, me fucking feel a lot better. That no, no, I think it's uh, it's it's not it's not you. It's very weird phrasing because I you okay. look at that and you see DC Comics, DC EU, and your mind automatically links them. Um, yeah, but it's it's talking about the uh, the Justice Society files that we've been getting. Yeah, yeah. the tie-ins for the yeah. movie. Yeah, I thought it was kind of fucked up that those were gonna yeah. be canon. canon. Yeah. Okay. No, it's, so it's just very that, weird phrasing. Yeah. Do right. better, Good deal. Sean Corley of Screen <laughs> Ranch, <laughs> or, or your editor, one of the two. Yeah. All right, but that is that is it. So two pieces of sad news, a piece of really good news, and then a piece of possibly bad news that you made great. And that's all the news I've got for today. <laughs> and I have nothing. Bobkiss, zero, <laughs> zilch. I mean, the most exciting thing that happened in my life is I found all four figures in the Blackest Night uh, series from McFarland that came out this year. So I have my my oversized Atrocitus build a fig. That's I'm it. Incredibly jealous. We sent yeah, a picture yesterday in our Discord server, um, and. Well, I think I think especially the Kyle Rayner figure because it, it just it oh, looks so good. Oh the man, I want that in my really hands. The texture on the suit is amazing. Yeah, no, that's cool. what I was I was I was actually gonna say, but I thought that was too nerdy. But like, I don't know what no. texture they used for the blacks in the costume, but it looks really good. Oh, it's it's the same on the the green and red as well. It's just mm. it, it's it almost feels like a like a soft chainmail. It's yeah. really interesting. Yeah, McFarlane always the, the Death Storm in my hand. It's, oh yeah, it's freaking I, great to look. I at. I don't blame you. Um, <laughs> I, I would be I would never let that thing leave my sight. Um, nope. But yeah, the Death McFarlane, Storm is probably the coolest one. Oh yeah, that one or the yes. zombie Batman. Um, but yeah, the yeah. McFarlane toys. I always feel like they have such great designs for the faces. I know that's like such a minor thing, but for, for me at least, the the faces can make or break a figure. Oh um, yeah, yeah. To look really accurate, and the Atrocitus I, I, one looks great. I can even voice that out on the Transformers Beast Wars figures that came out, I think, last year when they were doing the Kingdom line. Mm-hmm. The body sculpts were much better than the 90s, but they weren't, like, show accurate. But all of the heads were 100% show accurate. It was amazing. <gasps> yes. It's easily the best figures we did. Like, best first-party figures we'd ever had. I, I won't mm-hmm. say anything about the third-party knockoffs. Well, they're <laughs> freaking amazing. But... <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, you're right. A head sculpt can make or break a figure for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah, no. They um they they had these figures for I think it was Arkham City, um, when that had come out in like two thousand eleven or something. Um and and uh, I just I remember looking at them because they were I mean they were kind of pricey so I could get them, but um I just remember looking at them and I was like, Man, these these designs are just so great. Like, um, you know, the they, the builds look really accurate to the video game, but the, 
the head sculpts in particular were the ones that I paid attention to because they just they looked so like on par with everything from the video game. So yeah, no, it's mm-hmm. it's always good when it looks accurate. Uh, that's all I've got. Looks uh, the happiest news to come out of my world right now. Makes Very me really cool. want to go back and reread Black Estate for like the twentieth time. <laughs> well, we we will be doing something like that uh, soon with our, our review show once we get that uh, a retro view show once we yeah, get that cool. uh, like back that up later this month. Well, we I think we have to get through uh, Gods of Gotham first. Yeah, <laughs> we 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 do. We've got a few of them to get. Um, I just saw two days ago uh, Bad Idea Comics Strikes Again. Uh, if if they raise two point six million dollars, yeah, on Kickstarter, yeah. they will shut down Bad Idea. Yeah, it's not gonna happen, and they know it's not gonna happen. But it's it's a fun dream. Um, it is. Are people actually man. donating These, to it though? So, yes. I checked that because the Kickstarter just launched. I checked it like earlier today and I think it had around $80,000. It may have gone up since then. Um, so they've already they've surpassed their 10,000 goal, but they're not going to get 2.6 million. Like that's that's bigger no, than the Berserker that's... campaign got and that was like yeah. 1.7 million. I mean, which apparently say, is getting made into a million. movie. That's just mm-hmm. a bad idea. Yeah, it's a it's oh, a bad no, idea. Um, you're right. Yeah. It is. It is. Oh my god, just for, like for the name. The donating. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, oh my god. They 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 are looking at turning Berserker into a movie. Yeah, I think it's already been uh, optioned or greenlit or whatever the industry term is. So um, expect that within the next 10 years, I'm sure. Um, oh, I speaking of that, actually that. reminds me. Uh, something I, I posted, but I think I might have got lost in other chats, uh, that I didn't know was happening. Apparently Netflix had uh i think it was netflix had produced a grendel tv series i didn't hear about that yeah i, I uh, vaguely and, remember hearing it was picked up but yeah so mm-hmm. so it was picked up they filmed the entire season and then they canceled it before releasing it oh my god why yeah. <laughs> the entire thing was done and i think they were nearly done editing and then they <sighs> just said okay no nah, we're we're scrapping this for whatever oh, damn reason but they gave the the crew and cast the the the, the showrunners and everyone the option to shop the show around to other providers and networks mm-hmm. and see if anyone will pick it up. But it just yeah. seems like such a freaking waste. No, and you, now it's just sitting all in all of that by boards. now. Why not? What's the harm in just putting it online? You know? Yeah. Like if it yeah. sucks, then you know it won't get another season. But at least it's yeah. out there. You've already spent the money. Just let it happen. Yeah. Oh god, that kills it, me. It's, it's just really weird news to read about. Ugh, man. Yeah, that's all I've got. <laughs> right. Uh, well, if we're done with this semi-depressing uh, segment of news, <laughs> should we maybe uh, maybe head into our spotlights for this week? Although we may want to to mention a couple of highlights first. Yes. Yeah, I've got four of them I want to shout out to today. Uh, Harley Quinn, the animated series, Legion of the Bats, number one. Dudes, this is so fun. I love everything to do with that show. And apparently all of its spinoff comics. Uh, Monkey Prince, number seven. It is still such a fun book, a really fun book. The Adventures of the Monkey Prince, I could fall into anytime. This will still be a fun read ten years down the road. 
multiversity team justice number five. A giant conglomeration of what the fuck now? Um, <laughs> it is the it's the same art style, the same everything. It, it's not my bag. If you can get into the story, I do recommend it because it seems as though if you could get into it, it would be good. It's not bad. It's just not pulling me in. That's unfortunate. And then finally, Black Adam Justice Society files Doctor Fate number one. Great story. Amazing art, though there were a few panels where the heads and the proportions of some things weren't right. But like the rest of it, man, it, it was all pretty good. All pretty darn good, man. And that, that that that's all I've got for honorable mentions. Very cool. Well, with that said, we will segue into our spotlight section, kicking it off with a brand new series, Gotham City Year One. So, uh... I forgot to write down who is doing this one, but I think it's Rob, so I'm going to pass it over to you. That will be me. Thank you, sir. Also, thank you, Josh, for signing me this book. I'm so happy. (laughs) Uh, So this is written by Tom King with pencils from Phil Hester, inks from Erica Gapster, colors from Jordi Belair, and letters from Clayton Cowles. So we are going back to 1961, March 12th to be exact, and we open up with a headline from the Blade newspaper in Gotham detailing the disappearance of one Helen Wayne, the Gotham's princess daughter of Richard Bruce Wayne. And I don't remember his wife's name. Mrs. Wayne. Constance, <laughs> I think her name was. Constance, something, yeah, yeah, something like that. Bruce Wayne's grandparents, to be specific. <laughs> um, it is currently being read as uh, by Slam Bradley as he uh, fills his pipe with a fresh batch of tobacco. That is Detective Slam Bradley from the classic, classic detective comics of the 30s and 40s, if you're unaware of his existence. Uh, He is visited by a tall dame by the name of Sue. Just Sue. Nothing more, nothing less. And she is very cryptic with her machinations, her reasons for visiting. She has a simple $100 bill and a letter to be delivered to the Waynes. And that is all. She cannot say why she is there, who sent her, what the letter contains, or anything else except for what she has already said. And she promptly leaves. Slam Bradley asks his uh, cohort, Johnny Boy, to tail her and get any information he can while he, Slam Bradley, decides whether or not he should actually deliver this letter. Because while he is a professional, he's not an errand boy. However, he hasn't taken lunch yet and he's got some time in the day, so he decides to go to the Waynes anyway. Driving through Gotham, you uh, reminisces about the peaceful time that Gotham is in during the 60s where there is next to no crime, and if you grew up there, you grew up happy very different from the Gotham of today. He arrives to the Wayne Manor just in time as the door opens and a gun gets pointed at him. His old cop partner, Loader, is there who is apparently the head of security for the Wayne, uh, the Waynes at Wayne Enterprises and personal security currently at Wayne Manor. They have a bit of a scuffle with Loader's new partner as they don't trust Slam Bradley, especially considering he has arrived with this letter addressed to the Waynes. Constance Wayne, you were right, uh, Brandon, arrives down and down the stairs and asks what's going on. Um, they take him and the letter upstairs to where Richard Bruce Wayne arrives, opens the letter, says it has the mark and some instructions. They say Helen is unarmed. unharmed. I imagine unarmed as well, 
be really weird for a baby to be armed. Uh, and then <laughs> stares for a while and then promptly leaves. Slam goes to get up, but Loder and his partner arrives and don some leather gloves and take him down to the meat cellar in the ba- or meat locker in the basement and give him a good go around with their fists. Uh, just before he passes out, after not giving them anything, he gets a bit of a happy uh, happy moment knowing that he just gave this uh, stick up to those guys by not giving them a bit of information. He wakes up sometime later upstairs in Constance's bedroom, where she explains what happened to Helen. And then they go about showing the letter, which, uh, no, what happened to Helen, not that letter, a letter that they had the night Helen disappeared, which was a few nights prior which says have $100,000 to pay for the child the child is safe but won't be safe if you don't pay so on and so forth you will know if it's me by my true mark here which is in the symbol of a bat fast forward to today they believe it is going by a person by the name of the batman which slam bradley thinks is a bit of a weird name but he'll go with it he opens the letter that he delivered and it says, I write so you know Slam Bradley is here to help me. You give him money and he give it me, I give him child. Child safe but want home. Mrs. Mommy make her sick. Give Slam money so good child, I tell him where I meet. If there is police, child not safe, no police. So on and so forth. And finishing again with the symbol of a bat. Slam, of course, has no clue what's going on, but Constance does not care and doesn't really care to believe him, but gives him a slap, telling him, you will do what this letter says, we will give you the money, you will get my child back, no matter what, and you will not tell the police, so help me God. So he takes the money and heads out into the rain, trying to figure out his next moves. He goes to get his nose fixed from the local doctor, heads back to his office, just as his phone rings, a little sooner than Johnny Boy was supposed to call, but as it turns out... It's not Johnny Boy after all. The police are calling because they found Johnny Boy's body dead in the south side of Gotham. It was found by some kids playing in the construction area. And because Slam couldn't pick up his phone, and the gun that shot Mr. Johnny Boy is tied to Slam Bradley, the police are understandably questionable of Slam Bradley's... uh, uh, guilt. However, Slam Bradley cannot tell the police anything about where he was during the day, or he risks Helen's life. On the last page, we jump to the present day. Slam Bradley is but an old man, living alone, still smoking his tobacco. But he is being spoken to by the real Batman, as Slam is telling him about that fateful day in 1961, and how it ties to his grandparents, and his history in general. Damn, what a story. <laughs> I've, I've been no stranger. I've no secret that I love a good mystery. And to me, this is a great freaking mystery. Uh, it's a great Tom King book in the making so far, as long as it doesn't get too full of itself, which has happened in the past with other stories he's written. Looking at you, Rorschach. <laughs> as all the makings <laughs> yeah, of a classic mystery. The art is great from Phil Hester. The colors are perfect muted. The inks are fantastic. I loved it. I give it a 9 out of 10. Awesome, awesome. Um, yeah, this was a solid mystery with the often overlooked but very cool character of Detective Sam Slam, uh, even though he hates that name, Bradley. Uh, definitely some cool art from Phil Hester and with a deeper mystery about the truth of Gotham lurking at the center. I'm, I'm definitely interested to see what happens next. 
I'm going to assume this is not in continuity just because to my knowledge of the Wayne family, um, I, I believe Bruce's grandfather is Patrick, not Richard. Um, it is Patrick. Again, I, I don't, yeah. I, I'm like, I, I hesitated on putting this in because like, it's such a stupid nerd thing to be like, actually, I'm <laughs> uh, pushing up my glasses. Bruce's grandfather. <laughs> um, and, but I, because <laughs> I hate doing that. Um, but I just, I wasn't really sure. Um, so if, whether or not this is in continuity is nebulous right now. Um, but even if it's not, it's still a really solid story and I'm, I'm interested to see what happens next. So I gave this yeah. one an 8.25 out of 10. I mean, even down to the fact that his name in this is Richard mm-hmm. and Bruce. Yeah, it's a little yeah. odd. Yeah. Yeah. That's one way to say it. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about this one yet. It's either a pretty decent noir story or it's too fucking weird um, with the whole Batman Richard fucking angle on it. Um I don't like Phil What's a Curved Line Hester's art in this one either. Um, though for the style, the colors do work out really well. Um, so I won't take that away. It, it makes it better. But uh, I just, I couldn't get into it. I wanted to. I was for about the first third. And then it just kind of started falling apart for me. And when I got done with it, I went, wow, that's a waste. Um, so that's pretty much where I was at with it. I gave it a six out of 10. Could, fair could have enough. been much worse. Could have been much yeah, worse. Yeah, no, fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. A six out of 10 is still pretty high for Tom King for you, at least. Um, yeah, so I know. I, I think we'll consider that a win. Um, a side note, I, I did just learn that he will also be tabling at near comic con this year. Um, and I'm very, very excited to meet him and tell him that he has the biggest fan in the world named Joshua Murray, whose favorite book in the world is Heroes in Crisis. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring him my copy of number one, and I'm going to send it to you over in, uh, in Georgia. So expect a package from me soon. <laughs> and it's going it's, it's to be personalized. It's going to say, to my biggest fan, love Tom. Oh, God. Awesome. Actually, oh, That's and Clay Mann is also going to be there, so I'm going to have him sign it too. So you're going to get two for the price of one. Um, hey, I so. like Clay Mann, so I'll take Clay yeah. Mann. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but anyway, let's see uh, if this next title is uh, is more up to your liking. Uh, this is Dark Crisis: The Deadly Green, number one, a tie-in to the Dark Crisis event. This was brought to us by the writing side of the White Noise crew. For those unaware, the White Noise is a London-based comic studio started in roughly 2018, I believe, with a slew of awesome books in their catalog, and they've primarily been published at Image Comics and Vault, but they're now expanding into DC um, and maybe some stuff at Marvel. We'll see. Uh, But the writing side, who obviously wrote this issue, consists of Rom V, known for Swamp Thing and Detective and the many deaths of Layla Starr, Justice League Dark, etc., etc. You already know. Um, and Dan Waters, of course, for Arkham City and Sword of Azrael and Lucifer and Homesick Pilots, etc., etc. And Alex Pacnadel, who I know the least, mostly just from Giga and Incursion over at Valiant, uh, a couple of Marvel tie-ins in the upcoming All Against All. But we also have some artistic assistance from Daniel Bayliss, George Cambodias, Tom Derenick, 
and Brent Peoples with colors from Matt Herms and letters from Troy Pateri. Uh, but let's get into the actual story. Uh, following the revelation about the great darkness in Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths number four, a team comprised of John Kent, Raven, John Constantine, and Swamp Thing head into Alan Scott's ring, the Starheart, to confront the great darkness and discover its true intentions. John and Swamp Thing, which I spelled as Swamp Thin in my notes, which is <laughs> hilarious because um, he's not thin at all, um, struggle under the great darkness's influence while Raven must help guide them as she truly understands what the darkness really is. On the other side of things, Constantine has a TFT with the darkness. Finally, after reaching the heart of the great darkness, John and Swamp Thing discover the secret that lies at its heart uh, and the truth about who is really corrupting it. Spoilers, it's Pariah. Uh, a solid romp with an unexpectedly entertaining team of Swamp Thing, John Kent, and Raven. Great moments with Constantine as well. I also loved seeing Todd and Jenny Lynn stand by their dad back in the moments in the Hall of Justice or the basement of Hall of Justice to be exact, especially in a really taxing moment for Alan. Uh, the art was serviceable, nothing particularly special, although the moment with John and Swamp Thing bonding looked super awesome. It reminded me of the golden Superman armor moment from Superman Beyond and Final Crisis. Um, but just really good stuff from the White Noise crew as expected. And here's to hoping they can all team up together soon. Guys, I will see you on Friday. Expect a lot of chatter from me. Uh, 8 out of 10. Right on. Well, uh, first, let me say Daniel Blayless. His art is fantastic. I want to see more of them. Um, honestly, Derenick, all of them, it's really good effort. They managed to stay really cohesive for such a big team. Um the writing style, the way the story was told, every character in it, I really liked. I did not like the voice for John at all in here. And the fact that this is a tie-in, but yet it seems to be incredibly important to the story, I don't think is very cool. Um, but overall, the book was the book was probably the best Dark Crisis book that I've read so far and the idea of this team as the sentinels of magic or i mean the <laughs> um we could bring that back for sure yeah, yeah. right <laughs> <laughs> um I, I, I mean as the justice society um now <laughs> that would be pretty cool uh overall pretty damn good book even if i do think that they flubbed superman's voice which made it a little hard to grade but it still walked away with a 7.75 out of 10. Right on. Yeah, maybe the Justice Society Dark. Yeah, I know that's been floated around a couple times, um, but I, I think it could be cool. Although I, I'm yeah. I'm probably partial to, to Josh. I, I want to see the Sentinels of Magic make their yeah. triumphant return. That would be that cool. Would be and, cool. and if you're going to have Justice Society Dark, you need to have Spectre on the team. Of course, yeah. Yeah. As for this Dark Crisis tie-in, um, I'm sure this is a very important part of the overall story. This issue was great. Uh, Rom V knocks out of the park. The art was fantastic. But in the grand scheme of the whole story, feels ultimately minor in comparison to everything else, I feel. Um, but I'm, I'm not going to dock points for that because the story itself was still really good. A lot of great interactions that you will not often see. Um, and who knows how much we're even going to see Levi Kamei's Swamp Thing going forward. Uh, a lot of fun. It better um, be a lot. 
Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. Especially hopefully. from Rom V. Especially, mm-hmm. hopefully, from Rom V. Um, I gave it an 8.25 out of 10. I really enjoyed it. I, I'm just curious how big a part this is really going to play overall. Yeah. Is it well, going I, I to su- just be the best issue of the entire run? Or is it, <laughs> or is it uh, just a. Kind of like Flash's issue in War for Earth 3, where it was the best part, ultimately non-existent to the overall plot, though. Yeah, I, I was going to say, we'll, we'll probably get into that a little bit later when we talk about Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths number 5 and the role that this book plays in that issue. But uh, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll have to. You'll have to wait and see. Um, I, I might even but, feel this way because I read Dark Crisis number 5 before reading this. <laughs> I did, too. I, I did, way. too, like an idiot. <laughs> um, and I, I was like, wait a minute. The other way. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I, I assumed it was just going to spin out of Dark Crisis number 5 because uh, in yeah. the checklist, this issue follows issue number five so i just assumed i was like oh okay well i'll just read it after and i'll, I'll be fine um so no. that's not me that's dc they they fucked up their, their checklist yeah or at least have like a little thing at the beginning of the issue says read the green or the deadly yeah. green first or something yeah. yeah not that you should need to read any time to understand no. the story but um if no. you wanted to then yes um yeah, it's 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 ridiculous. It's comical, you might even say. Oh. <laughs> but uh, I I think on the subject of comical and comics and comedy, uh, we should move to our next book, um, Joker, Man Who Stopped Laughing. So maybe not that funny. Um, which I will pass over to Josh. Yes, yes, you will pass over to me. Yes, I will. And I, or maybe I, I won't. Maybe I'll just give the summary. I'll be like that. I'll go rogue. I'll go rogue. I think you're lying to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, written by Matthew Rosenberg with an art and cover um, by Carmine D. Giandomenico and colors from Arif Prianto with Tom Napolitano on letters. This is the debut of the Joker, the man who stopped laughing. Oh boy. Um, so where we're at with this is uh, it, uh, this is picking up directly after the end of the Joker book that we just finished um, and pulling from a lot of different places. Uh, it starts off and carries through with a narrative box that is unidentified as far as who, who is saying the words that are in the narrative box that carry throughout the whole book um, relates to jokes and philosophy and the Joker himself. Uh, the issue itself starts off with a mob boss and his goons. They're eating at a restaurant and he notices something really fucked up in his soup. They never say what it is, but they all lose their shit and storm the kitchen. And that is where they find out that the Joker is back in Gotham. And it's not just that boss but he's, he's taking out everyone that rose to power in his absence because, according to him, they've made Gotham crime, quote, inelegant, unquote. So he's there to shake shit up. Black Mask with his mask on, Two-Face, again a crime boss, and the Riddler show up with all of their henchmen to let Joker know that there is no room for him in Gotham anymore. And that is when the Joker leaves. 
with no hesitancy. Well, he he shoots one of the guys with a hood over his head. Then he leaves. Um, <laughs> next, we see his henchman ditching the body of said hooded dude until hooded dude coughs, that is, and they drop him. Then they argue about who should finish him off and who should kill him. And uh, they do so via rock, paper, scissors. Uh, okay. And that's when Hooded Dude uh, stands up and smacks one of them in the back of the head with the rock. The other one begs for his life. And uh, then we get to a point outside of Arkham Asylum where we see Hooded Dude with a hole in his head, still narrating that no one is going to stop the Joker. No one ever does. So now he has to. Meanwhile, the Joker has gone after Los Angeles. He finds a crime boss, he throws him out the window, and he takes his office. Typical Joker shit, right? Then he broadcasts a message across the entire country announcing that he's going on a Clean Up America tour, and he's going to make everywhere safer, more secure, and funnier because he wants people to be able to laugh again. Except Gotham. He says, I don't give a fuck about them. Literally, that's what he says. Back to the hooded guy who gets into a fight in a bathroom and gets stabbed as he kills the guy in self-defense. The hooded man talks more, and it's about how he tries to find humor in all things, but it gets harder and harder to do so. The man removes the hood, and we finally see that that hooded man is... the Joker. But obviously a different one. Wow. Um, I, I really dig the art throughout this whole thing. The colors are really, really, really good. The entire issue was pretty good, right up until that very last page. I don't know how I feel about it. Three Jokers made me abuse a comic book. Oh, <laughs> God, I should be thrown in prison. <laughs> I've, I've, I've never done that before. I've never done it since. But all I can say is hopefully this goes well. As of now, I have zero expectations for it to go well, but I'm not being pessimistic because hopefully Rosenberg can do it better than Johns did. Uh, at least I'm really crossing my fingers for it. I like the art, the story, including the last page, is the possibility of a very great letdown, and that scares me. But as far as this one goes, and where it's leading, man. There's only one way to find out if it's going to be any good, and that's to keep coming back every month. So for this one, the front part, I gave it a 7. Now, I'm just going to... We usually separate the, these, but uh, there's a backup in the Joker, and uh, it's a really short one, so I'm just going to throw it out here with a one-sentence uh, one sentence summary for you. Uh it was written by Matthew Rosenberg with art from Francesco Francavilla and Francesco Francavilla and lettering from Tom Napolitano. It is a weird ass Silver Age style dialogue driven short story about the Joker being in love with Power Girl. <laughs> Six point five out of ten. So um, <laughs> the 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 whole thing. Um, I think I'm gonna give the whole thing a six point seven five. I feel pretty confident about that. Again, great art, and I don't want to shit on that at all. But the basis of the Joker 
just leaving with no issues, that makes me scratch my head. The fact that we're pulling into three Jokers, pulling from three Jokers, makes me scratch my head. Why Black Mask has his mask on? Why is Two-Face a crime boss? Why is the Riddler involved in this? What? Uh, there's a lot of stuff that shouldn't be going on quite the way that it is, and you know how I am about continuity. But anyway, that's how I feel about Joker. 6.75 out of 10. Hopefully it gets better. Yeah, um, this this book, at least the main story, has a concept that I think is really cool. Um, I mean, uh, going on a kill or not kill, but going on a clean up America tour is is a, a concept that could have some pretty interesting uh, repercussions. Definitely some hilarious ones if if the Joker is involved. And it, it sort of reminded me of um, that second to last arc of Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol. I think it's called. Um, planet love or it might be um, um, it's 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 the arc where the the there's the second brotherhood of Dada and Mr. Nobody is essentially running so. for president and it's 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 the whole thing is like they're going across America trying to rally support um, and it's it's hilarious because it's like it's Mr. Nobody trying to be like a political pundit. Anyway, the, the point is, I like that concept of like, I'm going to go across America and I'm going to be totally whimsical about it. Um, I think that could that could have some interesting repercussions depending on how it works. The multiple Joker stuff, um, I'm willing to give it a chance, but like you, Josh, I'm not in love with that concept. Um, and three Jokers certainly did nothing uh, to help with that. Um but uh, I, I'm willing to give it a chance, um, and, and I feel like the writing here was at least strong enough to keep me interested to see where it might go, um, and hopefully optimistic. Um, I really like the art from Jan Domenico. Um, it's la- been lackluster in other places, but I think here it definitely shines, and I particularly really love the cover that he did. I love the, the whole um, mirror shot that he has with the you know bloody Joker versus the clean uh, Joker or whatever. That's meant to be. Um, so the main story, at least for me, got an eight out of ten. The backup, which I thought was hilarious, <laughs> um, also got an eight out of ten. I don't know. I'm a sucker for a classic throwback issue. Um, and there's another book that uh, Matthew Rosenberg did called "We Can Never Go Home." Uh, and in it, there's a sequence where one of the characters is trying on like a bunch of different costumes and just sort of making commentary on it. And the costumes are all from various different uh you know superhero stuff or or pop culture stuff and seeing like joker try on all the different suits like from dkr and killing joke and i think one of them is from that terrible suicide squad movie uh was was really funny especially seeing like mirror master um and jack and apes just be like no absolutely not do not wear that terrible costume um that one that one got a chuckle out of me um so yeah, no, solid issue, and uh, hopefully the next one uh, will will keep that energy going. So, whole thing got an eight out of ten for me. Right uh, on, right on, right on. Yeah, the the art I think is is wonderful. Uh, I think it's a curious story that does keep you hooked the entire time. I do have questions about a bit of the continuity, but I don't know. It's Riddler. I I can overlook it. He's he's just going to be a, a player at the beginning. That's fine. Black Mask. I didn't think about, but I'm just gonna like, just for peace of mind in my own head canon. This takes place before Catwoman. I don't care. Presumably, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> presumably. And the only thing is Two Face. Considering 
task force whatever was was written also by Rosenberg and then right. the, like what two weeks later he's got two faces like a crime lord again that's a little mm-hmm. suspect but and also is possessed by the asthma in detective comics oh right that's true oh yeah Jesus oh my god okay so there's a lot going on in, yeah. in Harvey Dent's life yeah uh, I don't know. That aside, I, I love the rest of it. He's, uh, he's at home throwing back whiskey, muttering to himself, if I only had three faces. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I guess now he kind of does have three faces, what with uh, the mysterious asthma yeah. possessing him. But uh, yeah. <laughs> in um, a way. Yeah. Sorry, you said three faces, and I'm just thinking of the Tripedicus oh, Council. And, yeah. It's, it's oh, a God. <laughs> or whatever that, that – I think that was the Tripedicus Council with the, the spinning faces. I don't know, whatever. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm all for this book so far, though. I think it's interesting. I, I too, was, was having, like, nightmare flashbacks of three Jokers when I got to the end, but I do not think this is a part of that. I think it's it's still ignoring the fact that that book existed like the rest of the world should and it's going its its own way with with uh, multiple jokers and trying to tell somewhat of an interesting plot. Um I don't know, it just I think it, that it, would it be, feels different. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean that could just be the person writing it too. I feel yeah. like introducing additional jokers after three jokers even though Three Jokers did not do well, um, I think you're do, introducing more without it, even even if that Joker came from a different planet, a different mm-hmm. Earth. I think that that would probably be... I don't know. I feel like it'd be a hard sell. It would be hard to get behind that because, I mean, we, we already have that whole Three Jokers thing out in the universe... And I just, man, if they bring up another Joker, I just have a hard time believing that they're not going to have it. Yeah. Well, I'm with Rob on this one. You know, the book did come out, I think, almost two years ago now. So it's it's been a little while. Um, Over that one. Oh, no, it was during the pandemic. Yeah, no, it was uh, 2020, fall of 2020. Even though, well, that's a whole other thing. Um, But... uh, It was supposed to be. Yeah. Well, the the funny thing is, like, they had solicited it for, I want to say, like, March or June or something in March. Like, I I remember this vividly um, because I was I was at the gym with my brother and I saw the Newsarama article. They're like, oh, my God, three jokers has finally been solicited. It's actually coming out. And then. A week later, the pandemic hit, and it got pushed back. Um, so I, I, I was like, until I hold this damn book in my hands, it's never coming out. But, um, you know, it's it's been a while since since Three Jokers has come out. So I think collectively, um, I'm willing to give a story like this a, a, a chance just because, you know, it's it's been a while. And, uh, you know, we can, we can assume that maybe they've learned their lessons, hopefully. Um, hopefully. Can tell a better story here. Yeah. And it is a different creator, too. Yeah, which does help a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, yes. refresh my memory, Josh. You have vivid memories of the the third issue of Three Jokers. Was there oh, only Jesus one Joker Christ. left at the end of that? No, but I do believe that one of them was killed. Yeah, it was two, I think. 
Um, it was the old Joker, who I think died in that issue, and then the killing joke Joker, um, who's like had his whole speech about I'm the devil and yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, yeah. one of my like favorite Joker lines of all yeah. time, and I know that it makes Brandon groan, but when when it said that uh, um, the the laughing hurts. Oh my god, oh, I love god. that so much. Oh yeah, I thought I thought that was just so cliched. Uh, cringe. <laughs> um, but that's just me. Um, I honestly feel like it's both. It is very much cringe, but also kind of perfect for the character. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm still digging it so far. I Matthew Rosenberg has not disappointed me yet, uh, and it's been over quite a few stories so far. So I'll I'll give him the benefit of the doubt for now. I'll see where it goes. I'm all for it. The backup, little odd, little cute, little fun, little story. I don't hate it. Uh, I I didn't give it a score, but for the whole book, I'll give an eight point five. All right, very cool. Yeah. All right. Well, then, should we hop over to our commercial break? They like it when we work that commercial in. All right, then let's take a short break, and we will be right back. And we're back, and we're going to kick off our main reviews. Um, sorry, I, I we were laughing about something off air, and it's like haunting me. Um, so I'm, our next book is Poison Ivy number five, um, which I'm going to pass over to Rob. But I just, I, I just, I need a moment. I need, I need a moment. You need some is moment. That, I need mean? a moment. No, no, no. Nope. Or wait. Oh, Poison sorry. Ivy that was is, that was Josh. Poison I'm, Ivy I'm is like, all me. I'm okay. like so discombobulated. I like need a moment. <laughs> I just I can't I can't get over the size of it. Oh it's it's plastic rainer, but it's like scarred into my memory. Um, sorry, oh, Josh, take God. it away. If, if Brandon's if Brandon was Superman, his weakness would be plastic rainer, but seriously, oh God. Last, like, last right. week it was Task Force Z. Was, oh God, no! Oh God! Has, if you've ever if you've ever read the Boys, there's an arc of the Boys where they go to Russia and they team up with this character. I think his oh, name yeah. is Love Sausage, yeah. and it's and there's, he says this line. They go they're they're like chasing I forget like some villains like through a club or something, and they go through a strip club. And, and love sausage is like wait I can't I can't I gotta stop for a second and and once they exit he says a line that will like haunt me forever and he's like I'm so sorry we Huey big titties are my kryptonite um, and it's like a line I will never forget so I think I found my kryptonite because I'm like I can't even I can't even focus Kyle but oh god um, but anyway I'm so sorry Josh this is no totally problem, unprofessional no please no please tell us about Poison Ivy number five Poison Ivy number five written by G Willow Wilson with art from Marcio Takara on pages nine through twenty two and on pages one through eight we have Brian Lovell and Stefano Gaudiano on pencils and inks respectively Colors throughout are by Arif Brianto, and lettering is from Hassan Atmani Alhau and a Jessa with a Jessica Fong cover. And it's really good. Uh, the issue starts off in a flashback, as is spent most of the issue, in fact. This one is when Jason Woodrow turned her into Poison Ivy. These flashbacks, and man, are they really trippy are caused by the Lamia parasitic fungus she infected herself with to spread across the world. 
even hallucinates Batman, who is really sarcastic, but gives her a couple warnings at just the right time throughout the book. Ivy's on her way to confront Woodrow, a.k.a. Dr. Jason Woodrow, a.k.a. The Green Man, again, very overused, and a.k.a. The Floronic Man. Guy's got more IDs than Bruce Wayne. Problem is, by the time that she gets where she's going, she's experiencing these hallucinations uncontrollably. And she can she 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 can barely see, let alone fight Woodrow. While he attempts to persuade her to join him, insisting she's come he's come found him to apologize for stealing the Lamia and to rejoin with him. She tries to infect him with the Lamia and succeeds but he is eventually able to overcome it and control it. He explains the Lamia were not meant as a bioweapon, so he, while Poison Ivy has been out dosing people, the places where she has spread it is where it will stay contained. And that's because it is not a weapon, it is a tool for mind control. And then he turns the parasite on her, and she cannot control her body anymore. That's the end of the book. The art is fantastic and trippy and did I say fantastic? Uh, some of some of the panels of Woodrow didn't hit right for me um, from Takara, but that's it was like just barely like I could I could take that. Um, but that's it, man. And the story gets piled on top of more story, but without ever feeling like it's too much. I fucking love this book. Yeah, I gave it a 9.25 out of 10. Yeah, this yeah. one uh, got an 8 out of 10 for me. Um, I'm definitely interested to see how this sort of final showdown with Woodrow is, is going to play out. Um, although I, I suspect, based on what information we have for issue 7, that it may lead to you know Ivy completely abandoning any hopes of connecting with the Green again, and um, you know possibly curing the Lamia um, that uh, that she infected herself with that Woodrow is now using to control her. But um, I don't know. I guess we'll see. Um, but I I feel like um, like we've kind of hit that that lull point where the series is good, but you, I kind of want to see how this first arc is going to end before I can make my final conclusions. Because um, the series has, has been really solid so far, um, but I'm 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 sort of I, I feel like I'm chasing the high that I felt with that first and second issue that I haven't been feeling quite as much with the last two, and they haven't been bad. Um, they just haven't been quite up to the to the standard that I think I set. Um, probably not wisely uh, for those first two issues. So I, I'm sure it'll it'll you know bounce back. Um, and again, it's not bad by any means, um, but. I feel like I'm, I'm kind of waiting for it to, to get back to that, you know, that high point. Um, so eight out of 10 for me. Uh, yeah. Again, fantastic issue, amazing art and great writing. Bit of a different story than what we had so far, as you heard from Josh's description. Uh, she's not going from town to town, meeting various people across the country. She's going head on to face her demons and losing. Unfortunately, I can't wait to see how this story arc ends. I can't wait to see where this book goes going forward. It's been a great run. Every issue has been amazing. A 9 out of 10. Keep it up. Yep. Yes, indeed. 
Well, I, I would love to segue to a book that hopefully will make you feel better than Poison Ivy did, because even if it was a solid read, I think we can all agree that it, a lot of it was pretty terrifying and fucked up. But unfortunately, I can't do that because our next book is equally terrifying and fucked up. And that is Sword of Azrael number three. This is brought to us by Dan Waters with art from Nikola Chizmezchida. Yes, I had to Google that because God knows I did not know how to pronounce that. Uh, with colors from Marissa Louise and letters from Hassan Atzman Elhau. Brielle Arnier receives an offer from the poor fellow to truly embrace her serial persona and become a warrior for God in the Knights Templar. Tempting, uh, but we'll have to see what her answer is going to be in the next issue. Meanwhile, another warrior for God, Azrael, is spinning out after delving into the system and discovering the multitude of memories from the previous Azraels. It proved to be too much for Jean-Paul, and his body inexplicably traveled to distant Catalonia in Spain. After dealing with some would-be attackers, later revealed to be suspicious villagers mourning an abducted child in their violent way, Jean-Paul makes his way to a nearby volcano where Saint Dumas himself first built the Order of Saint Dumas. Fitting then that as Azrael approaches the heart of the volcano, the ghost or memory of Saint Dumas appears before him, revealing the origins of the system and its connections to fourth world technology. I'm not sure if anyone caught that, um, as well as the monster that was kept within the volcano after so many years. This monster was the Order's first warrior for God, the prototype for the system that would become Azrael, known to them as the Angel Satan. Yes, Satan. Because Angel, because Satan was, uh, as, as I'm sure those of us who went to Sunday school uh, know, uh, at one point an angel. Uh, but this demon, uh, formerly known as Brother Ebner, has been living off of the remnants of the children of the town in Catalonia for many years, though he's never been able to leave the volcano. But now, with the arrival of Azrael, Satan has found a body that will subsist him for much longer, and Azrael must pay the price for this. Um, just as a side note, it was very funny typing Satan multiple times in my summary um, because I was imagining the reaction that it would elicit from my very religious family. Um, and it would not be pleasant, so thank God they're not uh, seeing me type out this script. Um, but the book, yes, Dan Waters is, is killing it on this book, uh, expanding the world of Azrael in new and creative ways. I, I love the way he approaches the idea of religi religi religiosity. I wrote this damn word, and I can't even say it. Um, fanaticism and dogma uh, in this book. Um, with this in Arkham City, I'm shocked he hasn't gotten an ongoing book at DC yet, but I'm sure it's coming. Um, I haven't forgotten Nikola Chismeshija either, either. I feel like with each issue, I'm falling in love with his art even more. It's incredibly kinetic and energetic, and it's exactly what this book needs. Please read and buy this book if you're not doing so already. It's amazing. 8.5 out of 10. And Dan, I'm so excited for us to come into contact on Friday. I feel like I never would have gotten the chance to meet you given that you're in London. Um, but trust that I will probably be more together uh, in person than I am right now. I'm just, I'm still reeling from Kyle Rayner's ass. Um, anyway, what did you guys think? <laughs> when, when you're at New York Comic Con, you have to like go to an artist that is, oh if there's one that, that is frequently drawn, Kyle, and just just can I can I just be like can you can you do a commission of Kyle Rayner but make it as thick as you possibly can and that will be my new profile picture on Instagram. 
Oh my god. Okay, I think at this point we need to clarify. Listeners, if you're curious, it's because <laughs> of the McFarland figure. I'm, I'm not some weirdo, like, toy looker, but I was just admiring the figure, and as I was looking at the detail on the suit, I happened to notice what could only be described as Nightwing's butt yes. on Kyle Rayner, and Atrocitus, and I'm just curious who the hell greenlit that. And uh, as, as I'm sure you all know, we're, we're fans of Kyle Rayner. We've read many of his comics in the past, but to my memory, I could not remember a point where he was this caked up, so I think it's just kind of like sending me for a loop, because <laughs> it's just really weird. Um, <laughs> but I will, I will recover, I promise. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, sort of, sort of Azrael. Oh, my God. Yeah. You need a you need a need a minute. <laughs> Please keep going. going. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I love the framing in this issue. The art style is is still fantastic. I've noticed it more and more as we've gone on, uh, but I've noticed a lot more in this issue. It's very anime inspired, and yes, I noticed yeah. it more in this issue. It reminded me a hell of a lot of of like some of the more gory animes, you know, Castlevania, mm-hmm. um, Attack on Titan, and the like. Uh, just with with the way everything's framed and detailed, it's terrific. I love it, and the story is quite interesting too. I I don't remember ever reading anything before about ties between Azrael and a mother box. Me neither. Uh, I think this is no. a new revelation. Yeah, that's yeah, that's very me, interesting. It's brand that, new. That which uh, I think is really like, cool. Yeah, it looked like Calabac and Orion fighting in the sky. Yeah, I'm and pretty then sure it was mother box drops in front of the knights templar that's that's historically changing and that's that's fantastic and i love um, that they're referred to as angels because like obviously yeah. if you're looking at it from you know the 13th or 12th century you see yeah. like new gods fighting you know above you in the sky it's like oh my god of course they would be you know these these holy angels from god um yeah which is, especially think, orion awesome. being uh essentially a, a very a uh, light bound character yeah, from this yeah. flying machine and Calabac looking like a freaking demon. So yeah, exactly. it just makes sense. Um, yeah, it's. I hope they, they detail more about that because they just kind of wash over the fact that, yeah, we took this mother box and then used it to make Azrael. Like, wait, how? You were in the 12th freaking century. You don't know what this thing... You have no technology. <laughs> that's that's the one question I have, and I really hope they go into that a bit. I hope Dan Waters has an answer to that question. Because um, that's that's one thing I'm going to have trouble overlooking. But I, I still think it's a, it's a hell of a deep revelation. I think it's, it's a nice twist, very interesting. Uh, for this issue, I gave an 8.75 out of 10. Uh-oh, Man, Waters is Waters is keeping himself busy, isn't he? Showing up I in Green Hell, or I mean, yeah. damn it, not Green. I hell. wish it was oh, Green that Hell. That made me that sad. Oh, damn. <laughs> okay, oh. I meant the Deadly Green. Yeah. But, uh, Sword of Azrael, man, what a crazy story! I like it. If you like Azrael at all, you will too. The art is great. I like how grounded and fantastical it looks at the exact same time. I did not like the the design for Satan. It's ridiculous. It's so weird to say. I I I want so bad for comics to stop making people the size of the Hulk and Bane. 
I mean, that I, the whole size thing, I'll also kind of chalk up to uh, anime inspiration because that's a yeah. that's a big thing when you have the, the giant monstrous creature and this little beast, hero. Yeah. yeah, and especially when it comes to religion, they tend to do that. I don't know. I, I, I'm with you. I prefer Satan's old design, um, the, the one that uh, the, the old uh, priests one? came up with. That was that so, was the cool one. With, with the hoofs, the horns, the wings, or yeah. the eyes? It's it's something only 13th century kids could do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you heard it here, 13th century kids listening. Only yep. you get that. Only you get that. <laughs> it's it's a fun one, even though I think the size of Satan is ridiculous. Um, I hate I that's, hate it when they make that. That's got to be a first time <laughs> sentence. Uh, the size of Satan is ridiculous. Uh, I don't know. Make a tour of some Baptist uh, churches around where I live, and maybe maybe you'll run into that sense. I think it's definitely oh possible. I, I hear you just walk into a church one day, and at the end of the service, so, so the size of Satan is ridiculous, no. eh? What the hell? <laughs> no, I, I think uh, I think yeah, definitely definitely the next time you're in one of those Baptist churches, you got to be like. You know, this is cool and all, but honestly, I, I like the Satan in uh, in Azrael more. And they're just like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> he's much bigger. Yeah. Menacing. Right? Yeah. yeah. I think he's cooler. For sure. But uh, the story's great. I can't say enough good things about it. Again, if you're an Azrael fan, you will like sort of Azrael. Eight out of ten from me. Very, very cool. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I ever really have a, a clever uh, introduction or a transition uh, for this next one. Um, I guess we're going from one, one aspect one, one, to... One, oh, okay, okay. All right, all right. Yeah. Take it away. Okay. Take it away. It's going to be shit, but I got it. All right, go for it. From one past Batman to another past Batman. Oh, my God. Can we get an applause for that? Yes. That was actually pretty good. I got I wish one, I, I wish finally. I is Josh gone? Did he miss that? Oh, no. He missed my big moment? Shit. Oh, man. God damn. I can't repeat that. Josh, if you're listening to this in the future, can you please edit in some applause? That would that would Thank be you. absolutely stellar. Um, yes. Thank okay. You, well, <laughs> from from there, I will uh, I will just let you take it away. All right. Perfect. God, I can't believe you missed that. That's so disappointing. Oh, man. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, so this is Batman number 128 for another stellar cover for more him, Jorge oh, yeah. Jimenez on the on the front there. <clears throat> so this is written by Chips Darsky, my fellow Canadian, uh, with art <laughs> from Jorge Jimenez, colors from Tobamori, and letters from Clayton Cowles, the usual suspects as they will go. We, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> pick up where we left off last issue in 127. Uh, Failsafe has Batman dead to rights as Superman arrives, blows some fire away, and says, back away from him now. And uh, Failsafe just says, nah, fuck you, and busts out some kryptonite daggers. Uh, (laughs) Superman instantly runs away, as you'd expect, and uh, Failsafe gives chase. Uh, Superman does what he thinks is best, using some long-range tactics, as Bruce is... uh, basically broken left at the bottom of the stairs but still narrating everything that's going on because he's Batman he knows everything about Superman's tactics 
and he knows everything about Superman's tactics because Failsafe knows everything about Superman's tactics because he's the one that programmed Failsafe. And you begin to see what's happening here. So as Batman is basically detailing everything Clark is doing, he knows it's not going to work. Uh, as he uses some heat vision to try and give Failsafe some chase, Failsafe runs away. Clark chases after him, but then takes a kryptonite dagger to the back, or to the front, through Failsafe's back. Oddly enough, it was really weird. Um, <clears throat> so Superman is now down. Green Arrow shows up, hits Failsafe with an exploding arrow, but Failsafe sends some mini missiles towards Ollie, shooing him away. Jean comes crashing through a wall, uh, punches Failsafe out the mansion as Hawk Girl and Black Canary arrive. <clears throat> Bruce and Clark have a bit of moments laying down at the bottom of the steps as they are slowly dying. Uh, and Bruce basically er, begins to describe what's going on, but then gathers what strength he has, crawls over to Clark, and pulls the kryptonite dagger out of his chest, uh, tries to stitch him up, but then promptly passes out. Robin arrives as Green Arrow comes to. <clears throat> the pair pick them up, take them to a Quin... Uh, not a Quinchess, sorry, Javelin. That's the wrong super team. Uh, take them to the Javelin. Uh, <laughs> it was really, really... I get Ollie's holding the, the bow, but mm -hmm. he's just like, okay, I'll grab Batman, you grab Big Blue, uh, uh, Blue Boy. But then you see Ollie just like hoist Batman over his shoulder and run as poor uh, Tim is just dragging Clark by his feet <laughs> and struggling. Because you gave the the young lad the giant fucking Kryptonian with big muscles, brilliant Ollie, brilliant. Yeah, you'll uh, figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they 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 get them on the javelin, um, and Ollie tells Tim to take off as he rejoins the fight against Failsafe. Uh, <clears throat> Black Canary's taken out. Ollie's grabbed by the face as Tim has gotten away with Bruce and Clark. And Bruce comes to one more time to tell him to fly southeast, 94 degrees. Uh, the remaining Justice League members are quickly bringing, bringing full force to fail safe, but it fails horribly. John takes some heat lasers to the, the shoulder uh, as failsafe flies off. Hawkgirl and Jean tend to Ollie and uh, then pick up Black Canary. And meanwhile, we see uh, back in Gotham, failsafe is flying through the city, Nightwing's given chase. Uh, transmission is still being blocked a little bit by Failsafe, but Failsafe lands in a certain district in Gotham, which Nightwing realizes is owned by Bruce Wayne, or Nightwing uh, describes to Oracle, who Oracle then says is owned by Bruce Wayne, but the Justice League are already there trying to take out Failsafe one more time, except uh, there is some magnetism on a building which grabs the nth metal in Hawkgirl's wings, tying, uh, tagging her to the wall. And then some, Which it shouldn't. Nth metal yeah. isn't magnetic. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why they're sort of confused. So it must yeah, be that, some kind of... That is... Exactly. That's that's the curious part. Mm -hmm. um, and then some machine guns and fire blast out, uh, knocking out Ollie and Jean yet again. And then some weird machine gets sent after... Uh, Black Canary, who she sonic screams to into pieces, but then one latches itself to her mouth, uh, which gives her just enough oxygen to breathe, but not enough oxygen to go dole out a sonic scream. And as they realize, uh, as Nightwing arrives, he, he tells them all that it this block is owned by Bruce Wayne, but Failsafe has gone in for another attack. Uh, meanwhile, we go back to the Javelin. 
<clears throat> and see the Bruce trying to get up. Uh, and he says, like, the only way uh, to make sure you're safe is if I'm not with you and, uh, like, you need to do this. Don't worry about me. I'll survive. So he jumps out of the plane uh, in a very heroic fashion and it looks just so good in the Zuranar suit, I gotta say. <laughs> uh, he lands somewhere in the ocean where a beacon is going off on his belt and he's found by Aquaman as he passes out from all sorts of pain and he wakes up in Atlantis um, where the sanitatum fish have been working on healing his body and as he finds out from Arthur he's been out for two weeks and Gotham has fallen uh, Failsafe now controls it there are multiple robots patrolling Gotham uh, for Bruce he, uh, Bruce has definitely made it seem like he's dead but Failsafe knows that Bruce is not um, Bruce's allies are still in Gotham uh, attempting to resist and save who they can but it's difficult because even they have to be in hiding uh, most of them have been captured, and we see Oracle uh, with a helmet on in a completely uh, out-of-it trance, uh, pale white eyes. Something's going on there. We don't really know what, but it, it looks very Matrixy. I call it uh, DC Rebro. Oh, oh my God! Oh, <laughs> we, do we have our rim like shot that. button? <laughs> well, not right now. Uh, yeah, we will. <laughs> I don't know what the we'll hell happened, yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, so basically, fails half has eyes and ears everywhere. Um, and then we, we see a bit of a shot of some fail-safe robots, even in the Arctic, uh, looking all over the world, even towards, uh, excuse me, the uh, Fortress of Solitude. What The one place he hasn't gone yet is the depths of the ocean in Atlantis, but that is soon to be next. So Bruce looks towards his old Batman costume, um, knowing that he needs to have a plan. His Batman always has a plan. So what's the plan, Batman? What's the plan? What's and, uh, in the we... box? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we end with Failsafe destroying the bat signal on top of GCPD uh, and dropping off oddly enough, a whole bunch of miniature bat signal lights that come together to form one gigantic city-sized bat signal in the sky. And that ends this arc of Failsafe. Wait, maybe not. I thought this was the end of the arc. Maybe there's one oh, more part. No, I think we Next, have two more, yeah. yeah. Okay. Next is The Dark Chase. And in our brief backup, we get uh, a look at the history of Zuranar, as I just tried to pull up credits so this is i am a gun part one written by chips darsky with art from leonardo romero colors from jordy belair letters from clayton cowles um it's a bit of a confusing one so bear with me uh it's jumping around all over the place you, you get some looks into the past with bruce um detailing how he began his trend in or his his uh treatments of himself into the the uh, personality of Zuranar back when Dick was still his Robin and Alfred was still around. Um, he Alfred kind of knows what's going on. He refuses to let Dick know, but he spends many months and sessions with um, this this mysterious helmet he's crafted uh, that treats his mind into 
uh, making a duo, like a, a dual mind, if you will, that would be the Zurinar personality, but also unsure if he actually did meet a Batman of Zurinar from another planet, is where it gets a little iffy, uh, but late one night after a session, uh, his mind is still a little foggy, but he gets a call from Commissioner Gordon on the classic red phone from the 66 TV series. Um, the bat signal has been on for hours, but Batman has not been answering, so uh, Jim gave him a call on the direct line, and he mentions that it's bad. Uh, so he comes, he says, don't bring Robin, it's too much for him. So they talk about the Joker on his, his next big caper, and he shows some photos of some Joker-gassed uh, characters. But there's something off about the faces. While the big smile is there, the eyes are not. The eyes are full of fear. Um, they're not smiling. It's a fake smile. Something's wrong. And as Batman begins to piece together that while he's also broken in his mind, maybe the Joker is broken too. Who knows? So it's well, been a hell of an issue. This this just got real. Hell indeed. Um, oh my god. Yeah, if this is just the first arc, I can't wait to see what else Chip has planned. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just wild. I never thought that the very first arc, I uh, you know, Gotham's fallen many times over the years, but mm. this is something else where, like, in the past, the Justice League could have come in and helped fix it, but Bruce has always said, no, it's my city, let me handle it. This, but now this they, almost... they can't even do that. <laughs> yeah, no, this this almost feels like it's addressing that thing where, you know, people yeah. say like, oh, if Batman's in the thick of it, why doesn't the Justice League just come and bail him out? Well, this time they, they really can. Yeah. <laughs> like, they tried. Um, yeah. That's wild. Like, like, I know people reference Scott Snyder's run a lot. Scott Snyder kind of did this in his Endgame story arc. Mm-hmm where the Justice League came in to help when Gotham was basically taken over by the Joker, but they got taken out there too. However, that was like his fourth big story arc, not his damn first. <laughs> That's yeah. That still just blows my mind. Uh, the art, as always, fantastic. The backup was very interesting. Uh, I know you were mentioning, Brandon, when you first read it, you, you brought <laughs> up um, that had some Batman R.I.P. vibes to it or, or references. Mm-hmm. I didn't quite catch, unless you're just referring to the R stuff. Mm. Um, but I didn't make the, the whole connection if you can enlighten us on that uh, but first I gave this a 9.5 out of 10 fantastic issue this is one for the ages oh yeah sorry um, um, uh, before I you know kind of give my, my thoughts and my score what what did I say about R.I.P I think it was Batman R.I.P you were, you were talking about um, Okay. I don't remember exactly what you said let me see if I can pull up the message a few days ago when you read it or two right. days ago when you because I, I think i think yeah i think i'd mentioned last week's issue of detective that kind of that last page had reminded yeah. me of r.i.p um, um and i well i was actually going to say oh. i felt the same about this issue oh sorry oh no sorry it was in chip's uh newsletter oh god oh yeah, you mentioned it. yeah um, we're going deep into one of my favorite batman stories batman r.i.p with the story yeah. about the origins of Zerner. You said no one can hate this week's backup. <laughs> no one can hate it. Um yeah. that was that was that was more of a, a comedic reference just because Chip had had rather uh sarcastically mentioned that some people have complained about uh backups in the past as their filler 
Um, yeah. And then he was kind of like, it would hurt. <laughs> it would hurt my poor Canadian heart if exactly. someone thought any part of the issue I did was filler. And I was like, guys, come on, we can't, we can't <laughs> hate this week's backup. No. You don't want to, you don't want to break a poor Canadian's heart. I don't want that on my no. conscience. Um, definitely not Chip Zdarsky. Yeah, definitely one. not Chip Zdarsky. I couldn't, I couldn't handle that. I really couldn't. We, we may clown on Canada every now and then, but this, this I could not do. Um, but, uh, but as for this issue, um, just really great, raising the stakes as usual. Um, I am hoping to see more of, of Bruce actually getting a chance to fight back and fail safe. But I, I get the feeling that we're really going to see that in this, uh, in the next two issues when we close out this arc. Um, but aside from that, really great stuff. My main question as we were, you know, seeing the Justice League kind of do their thing um, and, and try to fight against failsafe is where the hell is Green Lantern? Um, because, you know, I understand that the Justice League are busy and everything, but they called out a lot of the big hitters. And I, I couldn't help but think, like, you know, I understand he's taking out most of the league, but I mean, come on, like one of your heaviest hitters, Green Lantern, who can wield constructs of anything. Um, would be pretty damn helpful right about now, and yeah. maybe he was maybe he was just busy or something. I don't know. Maybe Hal or John or Kyle or any of them were like, "I got shit to do off world." But I I was just thinking, I was like, man, they would have been really damn helpful right about now. Um, I mean, yeah, there's there's Green Lantern. You're missing Wonder Woman. There's no Flash. Yeah, there's there's Flash, a lot of, of members. Just like guys, come on, like shit's really hit the fan, fan in Gotham right now. They'd be pretty damn helpful. Um, but aside from that, just, just great stuff all around. Um, and, and really excited to see how they're going to raise the stakes even further. Um, as for the backup, I mean, just, just solid stuff there. RP is one of my favorite stories. So anytime they tap into that well, and they've really been tapping into it is great. Um, and, uh, especially since I thought most people had kind of forgotten about it, but here they are just really, really getting into the thick of it. Um, and I love that, that chip has, has been, it's, it's almost like antithetical to, to everything I've been talking about with Young Justice, uh, Dark Crisis, uh, where that is playing fast and loose with continuity. This is like adhering to it to a T, almost like eerily so, because it's, it's so subtle you might not even notice it. But um, one of the things that kind of uh, was, was a trademark of that first part of Morrison's run was this idea that he didn't really know that he had installed this backup. He'd almost forgotten about it. Um, it was still there, but he wasn't really conscious of how he did it. And one of the parts of this backup is he's haunted by this phrase, Zorro and Arkham, which eventually morphs into Zer and R, and he doesn't know what that means. He, like, he, he remembers it, but he doesn't know what the context of it is. And it's such a minor thing, but it's, it's so incredible how he just like paid such close attention uh, to that detail of like, oh, well, Batman doesn't exactly remember you know what the trigger phrase is um and it's 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 so subtly done but it's so well done um that i I had to had to give it props had to give credit where credit is due just just so it doesn't seem like i'm always making fun of dc's continuity mistakes i can be nice too um but uh artistically the book said it's it's a game i mean you have jorge jimenez doing just absolutely incredible work and then leonardo romero who's already a fan of on hawkeye getting to do Batman, which is awesome. I've only seen him do sketches, so seeing him actually do a story was really cool. Um, so yeah, this this whole issue is just really well put together, and it's amazing that both uh, Batman and Detective Comics are absolutely incredible right now. So this one got an 8.5 out of 10 for me. Or sorry, 8.25 out of 10 for me. Damn, man. I, I'm not even sure how to describe how I feel like this. 
about this book or how to describe it really it feels like a classic batman story mixed with the modern justice league story and all of it being based on the tower of babel with with all of that batman r.i.p added into it um it's just a crazy amount of fun uh well as fun as watching your favorite heroes nearly die because of Batman again can be. It can be. It can be pretty fun. I have it can be pretty fun. <laughs> it can be pretty uh, Jorge Jimenez is flawless in his art. Moray as well with his colors. It's written and it's voiced very well. Um, the editors note that this happens before Dark Crisis on a random page halfway through the book makes me wonder why that particular random page unless it's not random um the page has black canary green arrow martian manhunter and hot girl on it uh so i wonder if maybe that's in reference to one of those characters i just i didn't see a reason as to why that note was on there at all let alone that particular page but it doesn't take away from the story which is indeed awesome keep it up zadarsky Nine out of ten. Very, very cool. I assume that's mostly just because, you know, it's the Justice League and they want to place this before the death of the Justice League, before Dark Crisis, but uh, could be. Oh, I suppose that, yeah. Yeah, something something like that, I assume. Um, But speaking of the death of the Justice League and Dark Crisis and raising the stakes, I guess that's the perfect way to transition to our last book of this week, Dark Crisis, on Infinite Earths, number five, we are slowly heading into the end game. Uh, emphasis on slowly uh, with this book. This is, of course, brought to us by Mr. Joshua Williamson with art from Daniel Samper and colors from Alejandro Sanchez with letters from Tom Napolitano. So Owen Seasons is a lifelong diehard theme park fan who gets to live out his dream of working at the granddaddy of all theme parks Devil Land. Founded by the mysterious Arthur Dante, this theme park is known to be one of the spookiest theme parks in the world. On his first day on the job, Owen meets with the rest of the Devil Land staff, a motley collection of interesting characters, and learns about his duties at the park. While touring the park, Owen and his supervisor, Katie, who he nicknames King Katie, even get a surprise visit from the current manager of Devil Land, Sam Hain Dante, and his sister, Halloween, a famous e-celebrity. Little does Owen know, however, that there are some sinister secrets at play in the halls of Devil Land, and, as he will soon discover, there's always a price to pay when you wish to be the best. Uh, what did you guys think of Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths number five? I thought it was a uh, weird pivot to just have Beast Boy and Nightwing at the front of that roller coaster, <laughs> especially <laughs> since it seemed to take Beast Boy's uh, eye. It seemed yeah. like, a, like definitely hellish. It was a little like, weird. I, I think ripped the eye right out of a socket. Oh my god! Yeah, I, I think I was definitely surprised that this new character Owen was joining the Titans. I've never really heard of him before, but maybe he could be an interesting character. I don't really know. Uh, Josh, yeah. what did you think? Uh, I thought Sideways showing up was pretty cool. <laughs> now, did you did you like when Sideways showed up at the? Uh, at the beginning of the introduction to Devil Land or after Devil Land had closed for the night at the end of the issue? Devil Land. 
I think uh, sideways just being in the issue is is good. We don't get enough of him. Um, mm-hmm. I think what did out you of think that of whole uh... new age of heroes? He was really the only one that was pretty fucking cool. Yeah. What did uh, you think of uh, of the new character Owen? I think he could be an interesting one, but I think we'll probably need to learn a little bit more about him before I can really say anything conclusive. Yeah, yeah well, like most new characters, I'm going to reserve judgment and until I see if it's going to be worth a damn. Um, but yeah, uh, I thought Sideways showing up was super cool. <laughs> what did you uh, What did you think of of the new character, uh, Rob? Uh, Owen, honestly, I I have my suspicions about what he might really be. <laughs> I think he's Billy Batson's long lost brother, but that's just ah, that's just me. I don't know. There was nothing there. It's just a suspicion I have. I don't know. There was, he does vaguely resemble no. Billy. He also kind of resembles. Um, uh, uh, I almost called him Captain Marvel uh, Junior. I was no he. He does kind of resemble uh, Freddy, um, Freddy, Freddy yeah, from, okay. from uh, you know, from the Shazam family. But I don't know, you know. Oh I, I wait, think Freddy's see... dying too, isn't he? Uh, something like that, yeah. Um, yeah. So I this this was, could be, but... yeah, Freddy's long lost brother Owen, um, who is you know as as we've established a huge fan of theme parks, and uh, we're definitely uh, definitely in for a ride there. Perhaps a, a uh-huh. dark ride. Um, uh-huh. But uh, Dark Ride is, is another book. We're talking about uh, Dark Crisis. But yeah, no, I had a lot of fun with this issue. Um, I would probably give this one a 9 out of 10. My my Ooh. favorite part of this issue is the fact that you actually followed through with what the fuck you were doing. <laughs> oh my god, are you so <laughs> proud of me? Oh, yes. I have oh been holding on to that for like a month um, until the issue finally came out. And I was going to see it through, damn it. Um, That's fantastic. Obviously, obviously I'm kidding. Uh, this is not Dark Crisis <laughs> on Infinite Earths number five. But I wish we could talk about uh, Dark Ride number one instead. Uh, no, this is... Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths number five, actually from Joshua Williamson and Daniel Sampier. I lied. Dark Ride isn't even from Daniel Sampier. It's from uh, um, from Andre Bresson, but we can uh, we can talk about that somewhere else. Um, but yes, uh, Daniel Sampier with colors from Alejandro Sanchez and Tom Napolitano. Deathstroke brings the fight to the Titans at the Hall of Justice, and they fight In again pointlessly. Land. In Devil Land. Uh, and Owen Seasons shows up and he's like, hey guys, I'm joining the Titans. Um, no. John, returning from his romp over in the Deadly Green, reveals the truth about the Great Darkness and then Damien realizes he has a plan or something, I don't know, and then fucks off out of the issue. Hal and Barry free Batman from his Earth, then Superman, even though he was already lucid, and then the rest of the Justice League, I guess. Oh, and also Superman becomes binary from the Avengers for some reason. Uh, and then uh, the see, league. No, no, go... no, no, no. He just borrowed Donna oh. Troy's outfit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, or actually, I was gonna say he kind of looks like the First Lantern from Wrath of the First Lantern. Oh. But uh, oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. But anyway, and then the league go and try to stop Pariah. Uh, the new Infinite Earths are unstable. And Pariah has not channeled enough of his dark energy chi, so he decides to conveniently travel to Earth at that moment, thanks to the curse that forces him to travel to a world undergoing a crisis. He arrives right as all hell has broken loose. Whoa, has broken all loose. All hell has broken loose. Roos, exactly. All hell has broken loose on Earth. 
And that's it, I guess. Um, I don't know. Like I said earlier, I would much rather be talking about Dark Ride because that was a lot of fun um, and uh, had much more interesting story uh, ideas and characters than this. Um, but I don't know. I just feel like a broken record at this point. It has cool moments. It has a weak story. It has good art. Whatever. Seven out of ten. Like I don't really have anything else to say that I haven't already said. Uh, but I'm happy to talk about happy to talk about Dark Ride again if you guys want to. I have tons of you, theories. You, you didn't you didn't talk about how cool it was that Sideways showed up. Well, we did talk <laughs> about that briefly, um, and uh, I you know I I, I talked about uh, some of the new characters that were introduced in my my little tease in my little Halloween shenanigans, um, my my little trick. But uh, but no, yeah. I'm afraid that was not enough to make the actual Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths number five a better issue. Oh, that's true. Um, so, again, we had Sideways, and that was it. Art is beautiful, except, except, and th- this is going to come, this is flat out burn it down. That big panel of Pariah watching as the Infinite Earths return, that is some of the sl- the slop, the most sloppiest ass Photoshop brushwork that I have ever fucking seen. It literally looks like he 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 made a brush in Photoshop of one planet and then just dragged it around the fucking page a couple of times. That's exactly what that is for somebody that's I mean, messed around with Photoshop a lot. That's a Photoshop I, brush, and that's insane. I honestly, I, I wouldn't even fault him for that. That's a lot of births to draw yeah. by hand. <laughs> Plenty of people have done it over decades without yeah. having to worry about using Photoshop. And for somebody with so much talent, it just, it was, it was kind of, it was a letdown for me. That just, I mean, you go from somebody who's just top of the line talent to a trick a seventh grader would use. I mean, that, that's, that's a little saddening. Um, uh, cringe as hell. Uh, who else do we know that's an expert in the truth? Yeah, I, I also want to oh, add that on. it may not have been Sampir because I know I'm pretty sure Sampir draws on paper, and this looks like a digital rendering, which means yeah, it probably yeah, it wouldn't have been done by him. It probably would have been done by the colorist, which, which is could have just I'm been assuming. like a last minute thing. Uh, I don't know. I didn't really mind it that much, but. Um, I, I will say that it, it may not be Sampir's fault. Um, I hope not, because Sampir is one of my favorites, and this look, it just made that whole panel look cheap, which should have been really good. Um, Batman saying, who else do we know that's an expert in the truth, considering how much of the truth has been at the forefront since Death Metal? That was dumb as shit. Um... The secret to escaping their fake worlds is a lucid dream. That's stupid shit. Um, who else? Who, who? Okay, so they say some heeded the call, some rejected the call. Uh, they show one panel of one person saying that they rejected the call. Medium length, dark hair. Kind of looks like a blue mask sitting in front of them. I'm pretty that's, sure it's Jaime Reyes. Yeah, that's not, is it? That's what yeah. I was thinking too. But first, why would he be sitting there staring at a mask? Because that's not but, what happens. He should be staring at a scarab. That's that's what I was that thinking is, it was the scarab. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that is the scarab. If 
that's this. Uh, I'm I'm highly disappointed in this shit. Um, about this issue, it is exceptionally average for what should be monumental. It's a big letdown, six out of ten, and I could be, I could be much worse to it than that. Okay, so <laughs> there's a lot the of sideways showing up was cool. Yeah, <laughs> like that's 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 easily the best takeaway. Uh, it was cool to see Beast Boy back, though I'm I'm still bitter from the end of uh, TTA with them, him and Cyborg needing to be fused. Is that even a thing anymore, or did be, that just I don't even did that know. just get I like hope, fixed off panel? I hope that was just retconned off panel. I I think I think I think so this stupid. is like because we we saw the Green Lantern Corps show up earlier in this series, and I think that was also like a wait shouldn't half of these people be dead? And I think it's one of those yeah. like. We just kind of fixed it off panel. Don't worry about it because yeah. no one liked you know, it. You know all those books y'all didn't like? Yeah. Yeah. Just ignore them. I'm yeah, they didn't, they didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. All Which right. is hilarious to me. I mean, you, you could give us a one shot of each just explaining why we shouldn't care anymore? No. Nice. No, 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 no. Don't worry about just, it. Well, don't have the same writers. Just have, have a better writer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just fix it. Let's, you let's, know, let's see. Shh. We, we've, we're past that now. We've I hate on. just dropping shit, though. <laughs> oh my gosh uh, oh it bugs me so much anyway um sideways was cool uh, i enjoyed a lot of the art again some cool moments uh the the shots we had of the great darkness taking over the map of the multiverse uh as, as uh originally shown for multiversity i thought that was really cool showing off just mm-hmm. the influence pariah has across the multiverse um that's about it Seeing seeing the Titans come together, that that little moment of uh, again cheesy as hell, but Black Adam like the Justice League, you're not the Justice League, and Nightwing goes, yeah, we were we never were, we're yeah. the Titans. Like, oh, like I said, cool moments, so corny, cool moments, so cool. just yeah. just a weak story. To quote Vegeta in in Team Four Stars Broly movie, <laughs> yeah. it's so dumb but so goddamn cool. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, that's about it. Um, right. Actually, the one last thing I had to say. So, so my biggest takeaway from this is uh, that he's still trying to convince us the Justice League is dead. Still, because he had Pariah saying Williamson had Pariah saying, uh, "Your lives are tied to the Earths. So if those Earths are gone, so are you." Hmm. Bullshit. Oh shit! I do not believe that for a second. Stop trying to convince us that this is the case. They're not actually dead. I don't care what you say. It's comic books. Death is a revolving door. And I... even if that were the case, did we not just read uh, Flashpoint Beyond number five, where they said, <laughs> "And I quote, the Justice League are back and alive." What What are you playing at? <laughs> right? Like. What is editorial? Like, <laughs> do you think I am? Dumb? Nobody gives a shit. That's the thing. That's what pisses me off is that they get top talent. They get high quality talent. They just let them do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, that's still no laugh. It's it's insane. Like, just stop this nonsense. We know they're not dead. Maybe Ollie because he's the only one that got viciously beaten down by Doomsday and actually passed away before the Justice League were vaporized. So. 
Him, I could totally believe dying. The rest, nah, they're they're still around. And if he's dead, it actually makes that one panel with Black Canary saying, you're real? And that that, that was very heartfelt. That was nice. And that's going to break my heart later when we find out he's actually dead and everybody else is not. Uh, he's not dead. I, I couldn't I didn't even know how to score it at this point. I really didn't. Um I'm I'm gonna I'm it's gonna say four. seven. A four? Oh my <laughs> I'll, god. I'll, give it that bad. I'll I'll say a seven because it's up and down for me. There's some parts I liked, uh more parts I didn't. Uh yeah. fuck it, six point five. I'm gonna stop before it gets any lower. <laughs> Uh, well, on that happy note, let's move over to our top three books of the week, starting Yay. with you, Josh. All right, my top three books are as follows. In number three, we've got Sword of Azrael. In number two, we've got Batman, which just continues to be amazing. And in number one, the only book that's able to beat out Zdarsky's run or any other book that I'm reading currently at DC, and that is Poison Ivy. Fantastic. I really, for a second, thought you were going to say Dark Crisis. <laughs> you are out of your for, mind. For, for a hot because I, I like, I for a brief moment, I forgot we read Poison Ivy this week, and I was like, wait a minute, what other book could you be talking about? Yeah. What is... Gotham City Year One. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Uh, No Gotham City Year One for me there. But uh, so favorite moments. Um, I had a couple that I thought were pretty neat. The last page of Dark Crisis with the Dark Army there showing up that looked pretty cool. Um, when when the Joker realizes that his time is up in Gotham and he says that he'll just let Batman handle Riddler, Black Mask, and Two Face, but he calls him. He calls them Question Man, Mask Man, and Melty Face Man. I thought that was pretty funny. But ultimately, though, um, it would have to go to the Joker, the man who stopped laughing, in the scene where the Joker was beating that guy and the onomatopoeias that they chose to use were ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-
on the Titans at any point, but I guess he's an honorary Titan now, and I'm perfectly fine with that. And same with Hickson, too. Can I can I point out how weird it is that I think that the only hero that they chose to 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 show not responding to the call to to save everything was Blue Beetle, when Blue Beetle going forward in the movie universe is going to be the the, the supposedly is going to be the movie that everything is is based off of and, and springs forward from. Yeah. You would think that the Blue Beetle Jaime Reyes version would would get a little bit more of a push in in DC you rather think. than being shown as the one guy that didn't show up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they they got fucking Booster Gold there, but not Jaime Reyes. That's weird, man. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's that's a weird one. Very odd. Uh, okay, so my top three. Number three, I had Gotham City Year One. It's the long-awaited detective story I've been waiting for for years. Uh, number two, I had Poison Ivy, fantastic series. And at number one, I had Dark Ride. Number one, uh, I thought <laughs> it's just brilliant. How Williams really, really did, fun, did, man. Gotta say, a, a serious pivot on the series. You know, we had yeah. Pariah. I had the Justly Captive and 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 Nightwing questioning everything and Gar dying on the hospital bed. Now all of a sudden we're just at a circus and who knows what's yeah. happening. It's just yeah. it's wild. Like, but it was it was oh fun. I was like, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm totally I'm totally ready to spend you know my time in Devil Land. Like screw yeah. the rest of this great darkness Devil stuff. Land. Let's let's just let's just chill here for a little bit. And I I want to know you know what's going on with the mysterious Dante family. Like what yeah. what sinister supernatural connections do they have. Like. Give me more. And how are they related to Sideways? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, there's so many questions that I yeah. want to see answered. And and kudos to Williamson <laughs> for, for not just once, but twice in a series, changing the title and not telling anyone because he didn't <laughs> want to spoil the surprise. Oh, man. Yeah, that changed yeah. the entire book. Oh, it really man. did. Oh, man, yeah. did it ever. I, like, I sincerely, sincerely hope there is someone out there who is just, like, oblivious to, to to comics as a whole and like went into their shop and was like yeah I've been reading this Dark Crisis thing and I saw a Dark Ride and I saw it was like by the same guy so I just assumed it was a part of it and they read it and they're so confused but they actually like Dark Ride more than the main book and they're just like yeah I think I'm going to drop Dark Crisis like I don't want to read this anymore I just I want to read this Dark Ride because I liked it better and like I don't know if it's connected but like if it's not I'll just read that instead like I, I, I so hope there is someone out there that is like that. That would just that would make my day. Brandon, come on. Now. At the end of the day, Dark Ride is a good book. Dark Crisis is not. Plenty of people are going to experience that feeling. <laughs> but I, I want someone who's just like totally oblivious to that fact, and they're just like, this must be connected. I mean, they're both dark, and they're both written by this guy Williamson. Like they must be connected. <laughs> and they're just and like, they- well, yeah. And then they listen to this episode and hear your review and your description of us talking about it, and then just stop before they put finish the episode. And like, huh, yeah. Okay, so I guess I'm on the right track. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly. Must be. <laughs> uh, but seriously, folks, my real number one is Batman. That should come as no surprise. It's a fucking mm-hmm. fantastic book. Uh, favorite moments. I did also have Nightwing just saying we're Titans, but uh, another one that did stand out at me. I'll give two. Uh, Teen Justice uh, with, I don't remember exactly what was going on in the panel but there was a boom 
sound and the sound effect they chose was Volthoom. Uh, huh. I think it was out of Sinestra. I think it was. Oh my gosh, that was so on the nose. There's <laughs> a lot of weird uh, sound, uh, weird weird onomatopoeias in that issue as well. Indeed. It took me right All up right. to where I said onomatopoeia to remember the word <laughs> onomatopoeia, and I was going to say word sounds. Uh, yeah. I, I maybe this is just a sign that I'm just a complete fucking nerd. But every time I think of the word onomatopoeia, I think of the Green Arrow villain. Like I just yes. I can't. I can't, yeah. I can't not think of it any other way. Um, Let me. D- I I think that is single handedly the greatest thing Kevin Smith ever gave to comics. Oh Lord, yeah, you're probably right about that. That and uh, and um, oh my God, and actually, it, that's Blunt that's Man a whole other topic. Yeah, yeah, Blood Man and Chronic, obviously. Yeah. No, I was I was gonna say Batman having diarrhea, and I, I I'm oh, struggling Jesus to Christ. I was struggling to remember the name <laughs> of the comic, but I, I would have said that was the best one. What was that in? Oh, God, I I'm like forgetting the name. It's like one of that that unfinished Batman book he did, but I just uh, like blank on the title right now. Yeah, I'm completely blanking on it as well. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of diarrhea and shit, um, I guess that's the the perfect perfect way to transition to our last segment of the evening, which is biggest Gentlemen, which title made your stink list uh, today? Oh, Batman! Without a hit. no, I'm just kidding. Oh, of course. <laughs> um, my 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 absolute uh, least favorite. As much as I really did not want to uh, I, f- I went into this fully expecting Tom King to end up on my shit list um, but because of the potential that's there for the story it's just it's just not gonna happen it this could be a real good story from him even though he got a shitty grade from me this time so uh, my biggest stinker for sure with as crappy as everything about it was Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths number five. They got absolutely nothing right in this book. Uh, what about you, Rob? Uh, I normally might have put Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths number five, but at least it, like I'm kind of on the fence about this. For me, the weakest this week, oddly enough, was Teen Justice, but that is that is very specific to me because this whole issue had my inner lantern fan going what in the mogo is going on right now <laughs> yes what in all of mogo what in the name of oa is going yeah. on for mogo's sake stop it uh, you losers can that Rao's be name. an expression in mogo's sake in mogo's sake yes i will make it happen sure <laughs> like it's it's bad enough we have like Low, flowing locks Kilowog, and now we have God. Kyle DeWitt. Which Make it go out away, to me, Mom. There, there was Hal Ferris and Carol Jordan earlier in, in the issues, so they're That's definitely true. doing some, some fusions there, but just Kyle DeWitt is so wrong. Dumb. Yeah. Dumb. Oh, God, it's just yeah. awkward. Oh my god! Hey, if we if we're throwing out new uh new Green Lantern catchphrases, can 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 we uh, submit what in the name of Larflees? 
Yes. Oh, please, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have said that before. and it <laughs> You say that around people who've never read a comic book before, and you get some really weird looks when you say Larflees. Yeah. yeah. We should just like, start start swapping all the holy talk with new gods, like for High Father's sake or yes. Ryan Dammit. Oh god. Yeah. What in the name of Apocalypse. Yes. What in the name of Calabac is occurring here? <laughs> I will say this forever. Um yeah. No, I um I I'm afraid I have to nominate uh Dark Crisis. On Infinite Earths, number five. The real Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths, not the much more enjoyable Dark Ride, number one. For my biggest thinker this week, um, it's not abysmal. It's just incredibly mediocre. Um, while it does have cool moments, fun moments, it's just, it's not a good story. Like, I just, there's no way to dance around it. Um, and and yep. I don't, I, I, feel, I feel nothing. Like, I, I read this book and I genuinely walk away feeling, feeling nothing. Um, it's like milk toast. Like, it's moments that are supposed to feel good, but there's nothing tying it together that has any real, you know, purpose or, or meaning. So it's it's just I don't know. It's it's whatever. But yeah, Dark Crisis that falls under my biggest stinker for this week, as it should, indeed. Uh, and for those of you listening out there, please go out and pick up or read or whatever however you want to read it dark ride number one it's actually really fun um i was able to read it a little early but it's out this week great it's actually an oversized issue uh if that's something that interests you which makes it even better um and it's it's like it's the complete opposite of this where it's not taking itself too seriously and it's just having fun and it's not a bunch of bullshit i mean it is a bunch of bullshit but in a good way um so yes pick pick that up if you can if you have to choose between your dark titles pick up dark ride um number one but uh with that being said i don't think we have uh anything else to add um if you guys had any any last thoughts or anything no no sir that is all right that is all that i've got all right. Well, with all that said, that's our show, everybody. Thanks for listening. We will be here next week talking comics, and we hope you'll stop by. Remember to go to notarobotpodcasts.com for all of our episodes and our other shows with all sorts of people. But with that, there's only one way that we say goodbye around here. Until next time, be good to each other. And don't be a robot. Uh, two two more things before we pop on. Something I kept meaning to bring about the action figures. I feel like they're really trying to give Nightwing a run for their money because the the barriers and all this figure. Oh my god! Fucking defined as like I'm not. Are they really? Oh my god! This is Kyle. Jesus. Right. Oh god. Yes. If, 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 <laughs> if my friend oh ever made a Nightwing Jeez. figure, this damn, the butt's gonna be too heavy. Oh my god! I, I didn't know I didn't know Kyle was packing like that. <laughs> Buddy, Atrocitus is even worse. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Atrocitus like, got as as my as my mother would lovingly say a badonkadonk. <laughs>